This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hey guys, before we jump into this week's episode, I am really excited to announce that I will be back at the London Podcast Festival this year on Saturday, the 14th of September. And I'm even more excited to announce that I will be joined by the blogger, podcaster, social activist, fashionista, the internet's big sister, and all-round badass, Grace Victory. So me and Grace, we met at the start of the year and we got on like a house on fire. And ever since then, we've been saying to each other, we need to get you on the podcast. We need to get you on the podcast. So I'm really chuffed to have her join me for the live show this year. If you want to get a ticket for yourself, all you have to do is head to any search engine and type in London Podcast Festival Dreamers Disease or hit the link in the description of this very podcast. I'll make sure I'll put it in there for you. The tickets are less than £10, which is an absolute bargain for an hour of uplifting and inspiring real talk. And there's even going to be some Q&A with me and Grace at the end of the show too. So make sure you do get your ticket. Get in there fast because last year's show sold out very quickly. So make sure you get yours. Don't sit on it. And to do so, like I said, just head to the London Podcast Festival website right now or hit the link in the description to get your ticket. And I will look forward to seeing you there. But right now, let's jump straight in to this week's episode. Hello, dreamers, and welcome to the Dreamers Disease podcast with me, Alex Manzi. I'm a positive mindset coach and a social media freelancer. And on this podcast, whether it's a discussion about everyday struggles or hearing the story of an inspirational guest, we aim to inspire you to make a positive change in your life so that you can start becoming the very, very best version of you. And on this episode, I'm joined by Adam and David, who are the co-hosts of the Creative Rebels podcast, to answer some of our most frequently asked questions. And these guys are good friends of mine. I see them almost on a weekly basis because I use their office to record the podcast. I'm always sort of catching up with them. And I love seeing how they launched their podcast earlier this year and it went straight to number one in the business charts and how they've gone to build it into a really exciting brand. So whenever I do see them, I'm (laughs) always constantly fanboying over their podcast and especially the intro sections where Adam and David sit down and they're answering DMs from listeners and kind of bouncing ideas off each other. And basically what happened was we decided it would be a good idea to sit down as a threesome and do exactly that and answer some questions. And there's some really, really good gems in this episode. So I make sure that you've kind of got a notepad or something to hand so you can take notes. Because honestly, there's so much information in this episode. We talk about dealing with haters, what to do when you're feeling lost or unmotivated by your passions, dealing with stress, you know, not doing things for the money and loads, loads more. So before we jump in, I just want to thank you for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up to date with all the latest episodes. And be sure to take a screenshot right now of you listening to the podcast. Share it to your Instagram story. Tag me at I am Alex Manzi. Tag at Rebels Create so we can connect with you there. And right now, let's jump straight in and hear this Q&A with Adam and David. Hey guys. Hey, how's it going? Hello. How's it going? Going well, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. What have you guys been up to this week? Because I know you're always up to kind of cool, interesting stuff. Uh, I'm just back from holiday, so I've been uh, dealing with my inbox today, which is chaos. Um, I did, I cast an eye over it while I was away, but I try not to get sucked into that email trap when I'm away. Um, Because yeah, you know what that can be like. And the whole point of going away is to get away from that in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this week, well, with this and last week for me has just been kind of filling that gap of like, as soon as these two go away, there's suddenly like extra stuff to do. On When you run three businesses, it's quite hard yeah. to 
stay on top of everything all the time. Yeah, but I can, I can only imagine. It's like I feel like that sometimes with like freelancing, this podcast, yeah. football podcast, whilst other stuff that I do. It's just like it's just so much stuff at once. You're like, oh, I don't know how to do it all. Just trying to keep organised with it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but um, then that's that's if you're in love with what you're doing. Then yeah, exactly. That's that's why we do it. Do you know what I mean? Because exactly. we love the process. We love all this stuff. Yeah. It's like I loved my holiday, but I'm so glad to be back. Yeah. Like it was a it was a week, but I wouldn't want it to be longer. See, I I, I love going away. So I feel like the first week's kind of like having to force myself to detach, and then the second week is getting so hyped to come back. Yeah. Like literally the second because I just sit there and like if you're laying on the beach or something and you've got some time free because nowhere in my life do I have an hour to just lie there and not yeah, do yeah. anything. Yeah. And so to be able to lay somewhere and just think about stuff is so rewarding. So I'm like, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. Oh shit, I've not got my laptop on me. Oh, can't wait to get back. Like, yeah. I just get... I guess, so- yeah, de-stressing like helps you, helps you think of new ideas. Yeah. Um, because if you're always in the constant grind of, of like, this is, this is how everything happens, then you don't have the chance to like step back and, and kind of let, creativity i guess that's that kind of thing that we're working on with adobe like they've got this thing called createfulness and that's like the the push of their their newest campaign and and it's like it's talking about like taking that time to be creative um because like because we only really do when it comes to the podcast and stuff like that we're only really doing brand stuff that kind of resonates with stuff that we believe in yeah so like we got approached by a dating app recently it's like that it's not really relevant for our audience (laughs) (laughs) well so i I said uh i said to the the person who who emailed was like oh we really want to sponsor you for this dating app blah 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 and i was like oh that's that's really lovely um and because because if we were if podcasting was our full-time job then we'd like straight away we'd say yes because yeah Yeah, like you can't turn that down but we're obviously in the luxury position where it's not our full-time job and we can turn down sponsors so we were like oh you know we're just trying to provide value for our our listeners that's not really what they're tuning in for and uh and she got really offended and she was like well dating apps are really valuable to single people I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it, but that's just yeah, not. Yeah. We we don't don't yeah. do a podcast for singles. Like, yeah, if we did, like, then that'd be like relevant. Eating but. is really relevant to people, and like, if Waitrose came to us and said, "Oh, we want to do a thing about food," we're like, "Well, people create people come to us for creativity, not for yeah. what I'm going to eat that night." Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We all we all need to eat, but yeah. like, like, there's a place for that, and it's not our podcast. Yeah. If Thames yeah. Water comes to us and said, "Oh, here's a discount off your water <laughs> bill for everyone who's listening," yeah, like, it's not it's not relevant. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah. But their their um, campaign is is createfulness and like taking that time to just like de- designate. And you talk about it a lot. Yeah. Designating time to be creative is really fucking important. Yeah. yeah. So important. I think just having time to learn as well is so important. I think that's a lot of what I've learned over the past year or two is just setting that time aside to listen to some, like I, so I listen to a lot of audio books and what I started to do originally was listen to them whilst doing other things. And I feel like I wasn't really learning. And I think taking that time, so I've now got like a little notebook that I keep with me. It's in my bag that as I'm listening to stuff, I write it down mm. because like to start off, I started like writing it down into my phone but I feel like I don't remember it as well doing that. Obviously, there's different types yeah. of learners. And for me, it's like if I can write something down, like at school, it was always the same. By writing it down, I take it to memory so much better. And it, like, it's so useful. And I can go back and just look through the notes and I've got a real like summarized version of what that was in my own words. Mm. And it just brings back the memories so quickly. Yeah, there is something really powerful, isn't there, in writing stuff down. I think it's maybe because you're like, as well as you know, writing it in the phone is kind of, you're doing physically writing it, typing it. 
you're not putting it into like the physical world, like yeah. ink to paper, which is like staying there. Cause like that note might get deleted or whatever by mistake or your phone malfunctions or yeah. it's like when you're physically writing, it's like an actual, it's an action, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I think there's like, well, I don't know the science of this these days, but like when I was at school, there was always like three types of learner. You were like an audible learner, a kinetic learner or whatever the third one was i'm not sure but i was definitely a kinetic learner it was like by mm. doing the things is how i would learn and remember if it was just someone telling me i would just go over my head i'd forget i'd get yeah. distracted i'm totally the same and it's like i love <laughs> i love how like even with the podcast when i started it's like i could read as much as possible about how to start a podcast but it's like until i sat down and recorded and started interviewing people yeah. i wasn't learning how to interview people like you could you could listen to as many as you like you can watch all of the interviews, look at all the articles about tips on how to ask questions. But until I start doing it, I'm not actually learning yeah. anything. I think there's a definitely a fine balance there between, because some people will just go straight into it researching nothing. And some people will never start because they're too busy thinking like, well, I need to learn more to do it. I think it's definitely good to do some research before you go into anything. Otherwise... Because like all you need to find out is like one bit of advice from mm. someone who's, that's going to save you so much time. So when we launched our podcast, we wanted to go into it l launching a number one podcast. And that's what we did by doing a bit of research to find out how the algorithm works, how other people have done it before. And then once you've got enough advice, you don't need to hear the advice from every single person in the world. If you've got two or three people saying similar things, then, okay, you've, you've understood it now. Like mm. You can move on. You don't need to keep going and keep going just to get this tiny little bit of extra stuff. It's like it's the doing that counts. Yeah, yeah. I got DM'd by someone uh, this week and he numbered his questions one to six. <laughs> And I got back to him and I've, I've started replying with voice notes because I find it much quicker. Yeah. So I just replied with some voice notes, but I was like, literally questions one to five, just Google them. And I was like, I don't, don't want to be a dick, but like, just Google them. Like, because he was asking what mics to use, what software to edit in. And I was like, you can find all of that online. There's a million blogs for, for what people recommend. Mm. Like, I can help you with question six, which was like, how do I get people to actually listen to it? Yeah. I was like, that I can help you with because that there's a lot of stuff online that's maybe not that accurate, but when it comes down to what mic should I buy, you could buy this one, this yeah. one, or this yeah. one. They all do the same job. These people love them that are making great podcasts. It's got good sound. That's yeah. all you need to and know. It's also totally dependent on your setup. Like I did a workshop at the Roundhouse um, last week and it was about podcasting and DIY content creation. It's like, everyone's asking, oh, how do I start a podcast? What equipment do I need? I was like, well, depends on your budget. Like I had a few hundred quid I could spend on equipment so I went and bought a nice recorder and mics and if you've got 50 quid maybe just buy a cable for your iPhone yeah, and a splitter and just use yeah. that and the recording software you can download or whatever so yeah I, I know someone who um, she's interviewed like Charlie Brooker just iPhone and a little little yeah. plug-in cable that I think she said cost 12 quid on Amazon yeah. mm. so it's like yeah you if if it's the desire isn't it if you want to make it work you can make it work You, I think a lot of people use equipment as an excuse to procrastinate into it's like mm. okay well, i'm just going to get the right mics and then i'm going to get the audio and then i'm going to spend a year learning how to edit and all of that stuff when it's like really just start just throw yourself yeah. into it yeah yeah and talking of questions that's actually why we're here aren't we because we've got some questions see this always happens like wh what just happened by accident is when we see you we yeah. just start having a chat yeah and that's happened but the mics just happen to be on yeah it was um, funny because yeah, we we, should... we've already had a chat before this and we both were, all three of us were like 
we should have pressed record 15 minutes ago yeah because we were talking about all sorts so Um, why are we here Alex so we are here because every time I see you guys I'm always fanboying on obviously the podcast but the intros specifically with you guys so I just love like the dynamic between you two chatting about stuff and answering questions and just giving your helpful tips to people through like your experience and I actually think it was you David who said we should do one the three of us because we haven't and we have recorded once with the three of us when I was on your podcast but we have conversations individually when we see each other. Yeah, that don't. was just us grilling you. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. It was different. Yeah. Yeah, it was me sitting there going, I don't actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's why we're here. Well, that, that happened by accident really, didn't it? Because our, our, our early episodes, we, we just did like a quick intro that was like, this week on the show is Alex Manzi. Uh, bye. Yeah. And that was pretty much yeah. it. And then as our audience started like reaching out and asking questions and stuff, which happened totally organically, we were like, oh, well, I guess we could answer that at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. And, and then when we were like doing events and stuff, we were like, oh, we could talk about that at the beginning of the episode. And it just gradually evolved into where it's now turned into like, we probably spent about like 20, 20 minutes talking at the beginning of each episode. Yeah, now. yeah, I think it's become, we definitely get a lot of feedback from some people who's, those first like a few minutes of us talking are their favorite bits and they're not even that interested in some of the guests. So, so if there's a guest that they're not, not interested in at all, they'll just listen to our bit and then stop. Yeah. It's mm. like, so... I think going forward, like we might try and like split it up a bit more, so we try and do those a bit more and separate them from the episodes. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We're we're playing with it. We'll we'll yeah. see what. I think that's the good thing about it is you can, isn't it? So like you know it works as it is, and it might work better separating it. It might yeah. not. You could even get other people in, get Anton in. Yeah, we all love Anton. He's great at stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> he's having a coughing fit right now, but he's generally great. <laughs> you know I, mean? I think I actually think it's like a really nice part of the podcast. Because I'm always like, oh my God, I love that bit when you were talking about that. <laughs> and I love the way that you've managed to orchestrate this whole thing so you can get yourself into it. Like I was <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, like I was talking to someone at the weekend and found out how like Soccer Aid started and how like Robbie Williams was one of the people behind that. And the reason he What's started Soccer Aid... So oh, it's okay. a big thing for UNICEF where they get like... Um, Celebrity yeah, like football s- match. With right, like right. So it's kind of like a comic, comic release, but like a football thing. And they get like an... The UK, like an England team, first like the rest of the world. So like Usain Bolt will be in it, um, and like loads of different celebrities. Okay. And Robbie Williams basically has always wanted to wear an England shirt and play in Wembley, but has never been able to because he's not good enough at football. Yeah. So started this as a way that he could wear an England shirt at Wembley. Are you saying that Alex Manzi is the Robbie Williams of our podcast? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll like, take that all yeah. day. <laughs> highly up that I'm wearing a football shirt as well. Absolutely. Just needs a creative rebels. <laughs> I'm the, yeah, the creative, creative rebels Robbie Williams. Take that. So uh, we've asked our audience some questions. Was, was the you've t- asked them questions or they've asked you questions. Oh, well, we asked them to ask us questions. <laughs> yes. So um, shall we shall Yeah, we we, just let's go. Cause we've all, we've got a few, haven't we? But we'll go through and just yeah. see what feels nice. Well, so um, we all thought this one was a good one. Um, I've lost motivation to keep pushing my side hustle, um, but I do miss it. How do I get it back? And that's from T Clark Freelance on Instagram. So I think this is a really interesting one for two reasons. One, because I was there not too long ago, as David knows, because we had a really interesting DMC on the roof of your office by mistake, wasn't it? <laughs> we just having to catch up yeah. and turn into DMC of basically that exact situation with me. But also, I think my answer to this is going to be totally different to yours which I think is going to be super interesting. So I would say just sit on it and wait for wait for the inspiration to come back because that's what I did. I, I, the more I forced myself to try and do stuff, 
the more I was like, oh, I'm just not, I'm just not in the mood for it. I'm just really uninspired by it. And I actually had to end up giving myself two weeks or just, no, it was a week and a half to just not engage in writing, recording. I think I even skipped posting a podcast for the week, which I've only ever done once before. All of that stuff. Did and you get any feedback? Did anyone complain no, that? No, no, I didn't get one. Clearly people don't care that much. As, <laughs> as <I thought. laughs> no, um, no, no one, just generally no one really said anything. And it was like, by the time the next episode came out, it was like as if nothing had happened. But yeah. for me, a lot of change because I had taken myself out of all the situations and I'd allowed myself to just do stuff and not be worrying about trying to be creative, trying to find the motivation to record, trying to find the motivation to write and all of that stuff. I just allowed myself to do everything else that I would not normally do. Not not normally do, but like just go and sit in the park and read a book, go for a long walk, just enjoy like smaller things. And then all of a sudden, like it all just came firing back in. Did you ask yourself why? you felt like that or why you thought you felt like that because I'm guessing that's kind of almost hitting maybe a level of like burnout in terms yeah. of you've been doing the same thing for a certain amount of time and now it's just become a bit too much and I just it's just frazzled you or is it because it's like I think the question's really interesting for me because it's like if you're not liking doing this is it because you've picked the wrong side hustle like mm. are you doing a side hustle for just to make money from it or are you doing it because it's actually something you're really passionate about yeah. like people like the phrase side hustle i f i feel like that's people forcing it to become a business like it should just be a passion that can earn you money yeah like it would you be doing that side hustle if money wasn't involved if you were just could do it for free forever would you continue to do that because that's an interesting question for the whoever's message there like do you actually want to do this or are you just doing it because there's a chance to make money from it? It's like, if I wanted to, I was thinking really random things. If I wanted to open a coffee shop, like it would be quite cool. Like I could go and do that. If I wanted to get really into making coffee on the side, but I'm only doing it because I think there's money to be made there. I'm not doing it because I've actually got a passion about coffee. Mm. Then that's when I need to really start thinking about, am I doing it for the right reasons? Like, am I doing this because I actually love it and it makes me happy? Or am I doing it because it makes me money. And if you're doing it because it makes you money, then it's not a side hustle, it's your job. It's like, if you don't enjoy your job, you're just basically creating a second job for yourself. Mm. Don't do that. Like a side hustle should be something that takes you away from something that you're not enjoying doing and allow you to do something that you do enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah it's your escape and that could potentially lead to if you love it that much to full time, like yeah. you can break away. Like you, it's a, it's on the side for now as you're kind of bringing it to the boil. And as soon as it's on the boil, then you leave wherever you're at now and you move on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I couldn't say it better than myself. I think that's, that's, that really nails it. It's like, yeah, looking into why is it fatiguing you? Mm -hmm. Is it, mm -hmm. is it something that really brings you joy? Because if it does, then it shouldn't feel like, like work, even though there obviously is a lot of work yeah. involved in setting up your side hustle. Yeah. But because it's like, I don't know anyone who's just had a hobby that has got fatigued from it or got bored of it. Or like, we're just like, oh, I hate this hobby now. Like I used to play basketball, like National League, and that was great. And it was a proper hobby that became a bit, it got too competitive. Like mm. I, the fun for me went out of it. And that's why I stopped playing because it just wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. And I stopped and that was fine. And I just moved on to something else. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I was at, to be fair, was that I was trying too hard to force it into becoming something that was going to pay me and stopped 
doing it because I enjoyed it, which is yeah. why I had to allow myself to step away from everything and remember, actually, I quite like sitting down, setting up the equipment, having these types of conversations. Yeah. Like, and I had to give myself the time to realize, which is why I say to that person, if you sit back, allow yourself the time to find the passion for it again, and you might not, like yeah. with you in basketball, you might not, which is yeah. fine because you'll find something else. If you're yeah. that if you're that way inclined you will always find another passion another hobby another yeah. side hustle whatever you want to call it so but if it is something you love then like just be tough on yourself yeah like i mean which is which is where we kind of disagree i don't like i i wouldn't want to step away from it i like i just advocate like just going for it like it's it's the process it's like if you are enjoying doing it then then keep doing it if it's not bringing you joy then you need to you need to look at it but then also knowing that nothing worth doing is easy like everything that's everything that all all of us in this room that we've achieved that has been worthwhile has been hard work Mm -hmm. it's been fun and like and some of like me and him look back at some of the things that we've done like that have nearly broken us but we look back with a smile because those are actually the fondest memories are the ones when the times were so hard yeah. when we were nearly getting evicted and when we when we were surviving on super noodles and things were really really tough um those were actually really really fun times that we look back on really fondly yes yeah, funny because when i think of like my biggest moments from running our business that's been running for almost 10 years now like i've kind of think of like that first 6 months really fondly and then like vividly and kind of like loads of the best stories came then Mm. and then like over the past like eight years in between there's been lots of good things that happened but they almost kind of like blend into one it's like those initial things when it things are really shit are the most exciting Mm. and i think yeah wouldn't want to go back there now but (laughs) (laughs) what what we did as well is we 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 leveraged those early years we i was thinking about this the other day like we didn't pay for anything because we just leveraged our skills to get the things that cost money that we wanted to do at the time. So if there was an event that we wanted to go to that we couldn't afford to go to, we would just pitch to them that we be at the event. Yeah. Um, at, at the time, it was it would be doing live painting. Um, so we will come to your event. We'll do live painting, and we oftentimes we end up getting paid to attend an event that we wanted to go to. Um, we we couldn't afford to go out and have drinks, so there'd be times where we'd get booked for, I, I remember specifically like, um, well, there's been quite a few, but I remember like the Metro party, we got booked for yeah, uh, Me- Metro newspaper. Art. We got booked to do live art at their, their like end of year party. Um, and we did, we went there, did the live art. And then like, we were given all of these unlimited drinks. We couldn't afford to buy our own drinks. So mm. it was a free bar for us, yeah. which was just incredible. We had so much fun knowing that like, this was our night out. We've earned this. I like, literally earned it by yeah. like doing the work during the day. Yeah. Um, and we just let like everything that if we wanted, like if we needed certain equipment, we'd like try and contact a company to get them to support us in some sort of way, get them to send it over for free. We got all of our, um, furniture from our first office yeah. like we got we still got some back yeah in there, we, we got like room, desk yeah. chairs we got desks from like a furniture company and it was just a just barter we just oh you have this art from us and we have your furniture <laughs> see that's where i kind of feel like big companies big companies companies to get like investment who they've not kind of had that struggle and they just go into stuff and i'm like oh well we've got a new office i'm going to spend 800 pounds on every chair and do all those things that's why some of those just fail because it's like they've not i don't feel like they've earned anything there it's mm. just like oh cool we've just got all this and then we now we owe 
someone 40 grand because we've invested all this stuff whereas like when we started everything was exchanged like we wouldn't pay anything for anything really or like you'd get a massive discount you've got a friend of a friend who could get you this for a bit cheaper and it was just like you'd make like get really thrifty with it Mm. yeah we do we do um we do like a gallery show and we'd get it sponsored by an alcohol brand and then we'd have we'd have like surplus alcohol for the next six months that would be provided by like we had i've still got whiskey bottles at home because i don't drink anymore i've still got ockentosh and whiskey back at home that sponsored us yeah um and yeah i like just we would just find ways to get shit that we wanted but find ways of getting it for free and i think that's what you have to do in the beginning because you can't like you don't have the money to support yourself in those ways those luxuries so like barter and get them in other ways i think it's really important and like when you start anything just your value is in your time and your what you provide is so valuable Mm. like you can exchange so much stuff if you want something find someone else who does that and ask them if they want your service and then just do a swap yeah like money doesn't have to change hands at all like not at all you can do so much stuff just from meeting people and helping each other out yeah also the bonds you'll get from that will be so much better than just oh i paid you for something like how like have you ever had a relationship with someone who you just bought something from in a shop it just doesn't happen but if you exchange someone exchange your time for theirs like you'll become friends off it yeah and funny enough with anton sat here that's exactly the situation with us is like and now you guys as well it's like he offered to start helping film my podcast and off the back of that he started getting work filming and producing other podcasts yeah. he's now obviously editing your podcast yeah. so it's like that exact thing which we do pay him for yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just to yeah. Make that clear. <laughs> yeah i don't just to make that clear as well so <laughs> so but that's what i'm saying it's like there might not be an exchange between me and anton but the exchange has come with him and the other people he works with and you guys yeah. through the experience he's had in helping me and this yeah. is something that i spoke about on the panel at the roundhouse as well that i did last week that was like you might have friends who are interested in doing something similar to what you're doing and want to get the experience and through the experience, although they might not earn money by helping you, they will get the experience that they may earn money elsewhere. Yeah. And that's as valuable to me as ex- like exchanging money, you know, because if you're able to then help someone get the experience, and it's not just Anton, it's like other people that I've known and have seen that have done similar things. And it's just always in the long run works out yeah we talk a lot about working for free don't we yeah i feel like that's a, a big thing i think when really you're starting out it is 100%. i think yeah i think working for free is so important it gets demonized online too much I, I think it's like people t- a lot of, there is a lot of people who take advantage in like bigger companies i think that's where it comes from it's like bigger massive like fashion brands or something like, like big design agencies will get people in and work for just get people to work in free because they know they can and they're not giving them value. They just, yeah. they know they can exploit them because they want, they know that these people want their name on their CV. And I think that's where it gets demonized. So because of that. But, e- but even then, like if it's a name that you do want on your CV, like we did, a, we did a lot of stuff for free just to get that name on our client yeah. list because it looked impressive when we were approaching other clients. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's still, it's, it's when the value exchange doesn't exist. It's when, so it's like, if I'm working for free for you, then I have the power. And as the as the creative and the small guy, like, especially like when you're running a small business and you're like Microsoft, for example, just to pick a name out of the hat, they have a 90 day payment policy. So when you're a small business, that can cripple you. Yeah. If you're waiting, not like, and, and not to single them out, thousands of companies yeah, have yeah. that policy of 90 days payment. Um, but if you're working for free, 
you have the power in that relationship and and i think too many creatives like they'll take the free work but they still won't allow the power to come to them so realize that you're the one in control in that situation so if you're not paying me then you don't get to dictate what i deliver to you yeah. i get to dictate yeah. it yeah um and it's it's like as long as you are getting something from it be that experience be that um networking contacts be it and be really specific as well like ask if they say they're going to post you on social media well like okay when how many posts mm -hmm. like what what's the copy what are you going to write do you know what I mean like be in control of rather than just an airy fairy like oh you're going to post about it and then it might just be one post on their instagram stories that's that's gone tomorrow it's like what like what is it that you're getting from them and just be clear and then you can then assess if this is worth doing mm -hmm. and it might be worth not doing yeah getting, getting any money for it this is interesting because one of the questions i got was from a girl who is a young inexperienced freelancer for what i could tell and yeah. she was asking me about the struggle of like getting work with little to no experience and she was like it's okay for someone like you because you've got loads of experience that people take your work a bit more seriously but as someone who's younger and you know probably just out of uni or whatever or possibly even still in uni like how do you establish yourself in terms of like getting the work and i think this a lot of that comes yeah. down to what we were just saying doesn't that it? comes to the start work, the start just working for free yeah. like just if you need experience and you don't have it and you can't pay someone for it do it for free mm. like you know you've got to get experience to get there you just you know it you've, she's already said that mm. so i think yeah work for free find people like Instagram's a great place. Like with my photography, a lot of that has just been grown from just shooting with people for free. Like finding people who I want to shoot with, people who I find interesting, models who I think, if I shoot with you, I'm gonna get some great photos. And just contacting them and say like, look, I'll do this for you for free. We'll exchange photos. Like in, you'd call it like testing in the photography yeah. world where, or like tear for pictures where like back in the day when you'd get like a tear for print where you'd, kind of you'd get a magazine you'd rip it out and you'd have that yeah. in your portfolio but obviously now everything's digital yeah but yeah it's just like there's no problem with just messaging people and a lot of people if you go to them and say look i've got this service i'll do it for you for free it's like well, they have nothing to lose from that so mm -hmm. most of the time people will say yes well, i think there's a fine line though between the exploitation of companies who expect to people to come and do work for free when they should be paying them for yeah. it. Yeah, I think I mean, that's, like, that's a difficult. Bit. The, a really good way I judge it is if someone comes to you and says, "I want you to do this for me, but I'm not going to give you any money for it." That's probably a bad. Mm. That's probably not very fair in the way it's going to go, unless you come back to them and say, "Like, oh, well, this is exactly what I want." Whereas if you go to someone else and say, "Like, I want to work for you for free," you're in control there. Like, yeah. you've chose that you want to do that. And that's the way I would recommend people do it. Because like, we get so many emails from people like, oh, I've got this job, it's at this event, you've exposed you'll get, it'll be absolutely great. You'll get such great exposure. And, but that's, they don't say we're going to use anything else. They don't tell us who the exposure is going to be to. Like we get this all the time where someone will message us and saying, we've got this event, you, oh, it'll be so great for you, you'll get such great exposure. And then you'll realize that it's like a big kid's party or something. <laughs> and well, actually none of our clients are between the ages of five and eight. Yeah. So, but you'll be aware of a TikTok. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I never know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we do get a lot of those of those emails. And um, I think TV is a really big one, is that they're always like really, really willing to, um, to like, 
you know every single person when you go to a TV shoot, like the cameraman, the person who's emailed you in the first place, the producer, everyone, they're all getting paid. Mm. But they they will always say, oh, we haven't got a budget for this. And people do it because they because it's on TV. Um, and we, in the early days, like we don't take on TV stuff anymore. Like we, we did in the early days, we did like a t- bunch of stuff like oh, we did every sport we were on watchdog yeah we, uh, we painted um like graphs on watchdog didn't yeah. we? And, and stuff like that but um yeah we, we'd done so much tv stuff but we realized at the end of the day it didn't it didn't help our, us grow at all yeah so it just wasn't worth our time yeah i think that's again like working out what you're going into like because when we were starting our business and someone says you can come on be on tv we haven't got any money for it you're like amazing yeah, millions yeah. of people are going to see but then you realize you're on tv you're kind of in the background or if you're there your company name's not mentioned or it's like if you're doing a like when you did the alan titchmarsh show for example yeah. it's like the people who are watching the alan titchmarsh show at half four in the afternoon mm. aren't the kind of corporate clients that we would generally work with with graffiti life yeah but i think you were right in what you said about being on the front foot with it and not not having the people come to you yeah you going out of your way to be like this is what i do this is what i can offer i'm willing to do it. usually i get paid x but i'm willing to do it for yeah. free because and be honest i'm looking to get more experience and yeah. i'd love to work with you because i love your company or your brand or yeah you know. and it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight yeah it's a it's a long process it's something i've been talking about recently so when I used to talk about our first year of business, I always used to say in our first year of business, we worked for um, Nike, Microsoft and Adidas, yep. um, which is true. But it gave out this impression that we were successful right out the gate. Mm. And that is not true. Yes, we did work for those three big brands. However, we that's not enough to survive on for a year, like three yeah. jobs for three big brands. It's like we were starving and it was fucking hard um and so i've started to reframe that now yeah we did work for them but like they were just they were just steps on the journey Mm. don't expect overnight success and when you book that first big gig it'll be great and it'll be elation and whatever but it's like quickly you need to move on to the next thing and the next thing because like the first adidas for example was the first of those big three and you say to someone oh we work for adidas we painted a mural for them and they think that sounds amazing. Mm. And then you kind of go back to the realism of it. And we were painting in some like small garage in South London that was just like a couple, we had some foam boards up in this room that was like full of stock, like like really like strong lights on us. And we actually on that job, because we wanted Adidas as a good client, we went to them and said, okay, well, this is your budget. This is what we normally do for that. But we'll do this for you, which is way more than you can pay for. Mm. Because we want to us, for us, that to look great on our portfolio we want it to look like a wow piece that we've yeah. done for adidas not just this small little thing that's going to be in the side of an event we want to we take... were like do you mind if we give you more for your money yeah. <laughs> they were like no that's fine yeah. <laughs> yeah. i bet yeah, yeah yeah that's great yeah but yeah it's like the actual realization of it wasn't glamorous but and then... that's that's the thing as well is, is the the expectation it's like i think everybody works to expectations so a client will ask them for something and they won't then think like oh but i could over deliver not for them even though it is great to over deliver yeah. for your clients but i could over deliver for myself yeah mm-hmm. if i can do more to this to make it better in my portfolio although it might cost me time and money like perhaps that's worth doing and for us it definitely was because yeah. what they had proposed was not a portfolio piece yeah. however we managed to turn it into something that was a portfolio piece that then resulted in us getting more, more work directly like we could literally send that we sent that image out to 
everyone we could saying just did this completed this for adidas would you like us to do something for similar for you and we got jobs off of the back of it yeah yeah that's nice and i think that that's there's a lot of value in that like doing doing work above and beyond especially in the field of what you guys do it's not obviously it doesn't work in every field like if i, I was it does. if i, I was to be like i want to do loads more social media work for you like there's only so much of that i can talk about without giving myself loads more yeah, work but, to do if you see what i mean I, but i think you can still do it in that you just have to do give a bit in, more yeah yeah in a, it's in like a, if you can leave someone delighted and like be like well god that guy he came and he said he said he'd do this and he did this little bit extra mm, as well yeah even if it's a little bit it's that tiny bit that makes you mem- like memorable mm. yeah even if you just like yeah stuff that you don't have to do if, if you notice that they're doing something wrong on their twitter and you just go oh can i just point out that like you're using your twitter wrong like here's how i'd do it like yeah. just a bit of advice or um or you you if you're recording a podcast episode for them like you you just do you do an extra 15 minutes for them um or if you're speaking at an event and um someone someone asks a question in the q a and you just say to them see me afterwards because we can go a little bit deeper on this yeah, so it's just yeah. providing that extra bit all the time and as soon as you get into into like delivering just that little bit extra then people will they'll learn to trust you and they'll go further for you as well yeah i think that's where repeat business comes from it's like if you by making those relationships because that person went that little bit more to help you it's like think about being like a restaurant where you've been served and someone's just been extra nice and just Mm. giving you like or like whenever you go to a restaurant they'll give you a free dessert at the end yeah you'll always think that was great exactly so it's like that but for like if you're starting in a freelance or starting your own business repeat clients if you can build up if you get two clients a year, but then every year one of those clients comes back, like over the years, you've then got so many clients. Mm. And also they recommend another client. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, turn it, it from work. a transaction into a relationship. The, because like that's been one, like one of the key successes to our businesses is turning transactions into relationships because it starts off with a cold email to us. Can you provide this service? Yeah, we can. But then yeah. if we can then interact with them and become friends with them then that becomes relationships where where we will bend over backwards to them because we become friends with them and because Mm. they know that we will do that they'll become friends with us and they'll help us and it's just it's it's human it's just like having those connections it it just works because by doing that a little bit more for them now might make them do a little bit more for you in future and if that's the difference between you getting a job and not doing a job because within their agency or within their company they've pushed that little bit to get you on that role on that project then that's huge yeah. yeah i think that's all very valuable and not, it ties in again to another question i've got here in a way because the question is actually about stress and dealing with stress and i know you guys have like three businesses i don't know if do you include the podcast in that or is that like a plus no. so that's let's call plus. it let's call it four businesses yeah. um obviously it, it kind of is developing into a business with yeah like speaking gigs and stuff like that exactly so. Yeah. And, you know, similar for me, like work, freelance work, podcast stuff, projects. And it's like, to me, that dealing with stress isn't a question about how you deal with the stress. It's more about how do you deal with like productivity? Because to me, productivity and being organized helps with not having too much stress. Yeah, I think stress is the result of something bad that's happening. Yeah. And if you can work out why the bad thing's happening and try and deal with that rather than just try and cope. Because if you try and deal with the stress head on, it's just going to mask it for a while. Whereas like you're stressed or you're burnt out because there's an underlying problem there. And I think sorting that out is the most important thing. I don't think I really get stressed. You're saying this, yeah. I get massively (laughs) stressed. (laughs) 
You do. Yeah, I, like, I have meltdowns all the time. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. But I don't think I do. Like, I get stressed if I'm on a job and we've got the wrong wall dimensions or something like that. And it's like a problem in front of me that has to get solved. But I don't know, I don't really... I just... It just happens and I just deal with it as it comes. Yeah, so I think I'm kind of similar. I I will get stressed in a situation in terms of like, you know, turning up here and like we've forgotten the tripod or there's one mic instead of two or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But there's always a way to deal with it. And I think I'm very good at dealing with that because behind it, I'm very on it with like productivity in terms of like planning stuff out, making sure I'm getting stuff done so that when it does come to the actual recording, for example, or a work project, I've got everything sorted and organised that if anything does go wrong in the moment, it can only go wrong in that moment. So then it just needs to be sorted out and you can just like, you said, tackle it head on. Yeah, I think like my biggest problem is because we do so much, we have so many businesses that are doing so many different things at one time. It's like, yes, you can get everything in order. So like date, most of the time it's fine because you'd like, you know what you're doing. This week I'm doing this, this and this. And then it's like, then something happens and another business needs you and you kind of have to go and help out with that. And then because you're doing that, you're not paying, you'd plan to do all of this other stuff for this other business. Mm. And then then something else comes in. And it's just like that, not having enough hours in a day to do all of the things you've set yourself up for. Mm. I think that's when I get stressed, when you've got like too many people need you for something and you've kind of said yes to them all. And then it's having to deliver on all of those and doing them well. And I think that's what kind of gets to me the most. So then how do you deal with that directly when that situation would happen? Um, I have a bit of a meltdown normally. <laughs> um, I think I think it's just like, I'll be like, okay, well, shit, all these things are happening. What do I need to prioritise? It's like, if, if I don't do any of them, the world's not going to end. So I think realising that is really important. Mm. And then thinking like, well... Wh- if I didn't do any of these things, which would have the biggest impact if it didn't happen? Solve that one first. Yeah, that way around. Um, solve that one first and then work my way back. Cause it's like some things, it's obviously not ideal that they're not being dealt with, but literally it's the kind of the least worst out of all of them. Yeah. I think that's, I think the prioritization is very important and that's, you know, again, comes down to like if something goes wrong on a day or if, you know, you get an email saying the wall dimensions are wrong or you can't get a certain type of paint or whatever. It's like, you have to go, okay, actually, can we get on without that paint? Can we do it differently? Because the wall dimensions dip like and work out what is the priority? The priority yeah. is to get the job done. The priority is to deliver on this. The priority is to, you know, whatever this person has, has asked for. So how can we make that thing happen with what we have available? And I think that, that's how I always attack things like that when I'm stressed it's like have the meltdown and then go right actually let's take a step back what can we do to make the situation as best as it can be and I think once you start to again it comes back to being on the front foot yeah once you get on the front foot with it you're you're in the swing of it yeah and all of a sudden that stress disappears because you're like right I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and you just start like hammering through things literally yeah I think as well like one thing I've learned a lot is how important like just honesty is yeah like especially like with clients and stuff so if you're dealing with lots of different people and you are having a meltdown and you need to do these things, say to some people, like, look, this has happened. Because generally people are quite understanding. Like, people aren't dicks and they will help you out mm. if you ask. But I think if you don't ask, that's when the problems happen. It's when 
you just don't say anything to them and they're like well i didn't know that happened so the communication's important yeah yeah, for sure have you got um and stress doesn't really achieve anything yeah exactly just makes you feel like shit so just try not to get stressed like look at look at things in context and look at stuff and say like how will i think will i even remember this in five years time and normally the stuff that you're really stressed about you won't remember it in like next week let alone five years Mm. time so yeah just just zoom out from the problem and see whether it's really something worth something like waking you up in the middle of the night or whatever it's like this too shall pass everything Mm. but i think i think it kind of links a bit to the question we answered earlier about how like why is it like why is it happening and are you doing the right thing for yourself? Because mm-hmm. if something is just making you stressed all the time and you hate it, stop doing it. Yeah. Like find something else to do. Stop working that thing you hate doing. Stop hanging out with that person who makes you feel sad or down or like just change your life. Like it's not as hard as it seems. It might seem really horrible, but just changing things can be so much better. Yeah. And I think we get that attachment, don't we, to things. We like identify ourselves through those things. So like a a job or a person or a group of friends or a car or whatever. And it's like we attach ourselves to them that we become those things instead of like, actually, it doesn't matter if you've got a different car, you'll probably get another job. You know, there are other people out there who will be your friends. Familiarity is really comfortable, even if it's bad for you. So even if like you're stuck in a a bad relationship or, or you're in a job that you hate, it's familiar so people stick to it because it's better like better the devil you know i guess yeah. would be the phrase but and it's like and you because you understand that it's like you know how that works whereas this other thing that you haven't gone into yet is just like the darkness you've no idea mm, what's yeah. happening there but when you look at like every good thing that has happened in your life it always happens after a change life has lived on the edge of your comfort zone as they say yeah yeah 100 percent. and and not enough people i think it was i think it's benjamin franklin who said um most people um die when they're 25 and their body gets buried when they're 70 yeah um and i think that's so true for so many people because after 25 the familiarity just hits and they just get stuck in the same routines and and it's so important to switch it up especially if you're not happy like yeah live on live on that edge um, so the next question that we've got moving on is uh, the golden question that we've all been asked a lot of times, but um, it's from Internalings on Instagram and uh, they ask how to find the right audience for your work and grow that. Ooh, I think, oh, I think for me, this, so I've got two approaches to this, which is interesting in itself because Dreamers Disease podcast, I have a different approach to the retro football shirt podcast because retro football shirt podcast is super niche but accessible Mm -hmm. and i think you are going to be a fan of that podcast if you're into football if you like football shirts and you like a bit of nostalgia so if you tick all those three boxes or two of the three you're likely to be interested so you can easily target and find those people by associating yourself with other brands or things within that area and particularly for us there's like a a bit of a community that's growing around retro football shirts and classic shirts and all of this sort of stuff. And you know that that's not for me and that's fine. Yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't come to you and be like, oh, have you listened to retro football shirt? But I'd speak to Anton about it because I know Anton is a football fan and likes football shorts and, you know, we were talking about or whatever, you know, you know where that audience is and they're easy to find. Whereas with Dreamers Disease, it is kind of still niche, 
but it's also a bit more broad. And I think, whereas, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, you guys know your audience is young creative entrepreneurs, yeah. whereas my audience is even broader than that still because it's like people who feel like you may be a little bit lost in life yeah. and fit within a 25 to 35 year old age bracket really but it could be younger could be older so it's a, it's a bit more broader so it's a harder market to sort of really pin down on but it works because so many people do feel a bit like that and like to hear these stories of people like yourselves of how they've got to where they've got to and what struggles they've ha had to overcome and how they take care of themselves and the wellness behind it and all that so it can we are actually both big ways. with the over 50s so oh, yeah. yeah yeah we've we've got a, a lot of um yeah a lot of over 50s that listen to us so um we we didn't make it with a specific age bracket in mind and i think that's why it does appeal to sort of yeah. such a wide spectrum um i i really didn't want it to be specifically for young people um because i i don't want to patronize and i don't mm. want to like i think it's just it's for creative people mm. and you can be any age yeah. to to get some value from it yeah, and you can start anything at any age like yeah. you don't have to be you know 21 to start that cool project you want to do like you could i'm 31 and i just started to learn to skateboard and it's like yeah. that's not being 31 has not held me back although it probably should with the state of my knees <laughs> and my hips but you know it's it's not something that's going to hold me back and it shouldn't be the same with a project if you want to design like i think the guy who you forwarded me that email the guy who designed those awesome football cards yeah i think he was like in that like 40 plus age bracket if i remember rightly i might be confusing yeah, him with yeah, someone yeah, else so. and he started that project because he was like really passionate and wanted to do it it's yeah. like you don't have to be 20 to do that you yeah so that was be... someone who we we sent over your way because we thought um it might be an interesting like co-collaboration yeah. with your football shirts podcast because he's made football shirts trading cards yeah um, and he just got in touch to to share a win with us yeah. and he was basically saying that he had previously made three Kickstarter projects, but he'd never had the courage to go live on any That's of right. them. Yeah. Um, and the time that it takes to put a Kickstarter project together is significant, but he just didn't have the courage to push the button on, on publish. And this through listening to the podcast gave him the, the courage to finally go live yeah. and that's, and it got funded. So he did the right thing. Um, but I kind of said to him as well, like had it even had it not got funded, you still would have learned a lot and yeah. it was still worth mm. like, and, and at least you got over the, the fear of pushing the button and then if it hadn't worked it did so it's great but if it hadn't worked he could then have learnt from like okay what did work on this project and what didn't so his next would be more successful and so on and so on exactly. but um but yeah it all it all comes down to taking the action yeah and so then going back to the original question because sorry i was when he went off topic there how have you guys then built up or found and then built up your audience finding them is a hard thing i think yeah. isn't it it's you've got to work out who you want to appeal to and where they hang out I think you could like a good way to look at it is like think about who would benefit from listening to your show. Who can you help? It's like if you can find out because, but for again for us because we're looking to help people who are in jobs they don't enjoy, people who have got a passion that they want to follow and make into a career or make like turn it into something bigger. And yeah, there's not like walking down the street you couldn't spot someone like that. Yeah, like. Obviously, if, if you've got football shirts and you're walking down the street and you spot someone with like a 1982 West Ham shirt, you could be like, I know that you know yeah. it's like a little thing. But um, yeah, it's so hard for us to know that. So I suppose a lot of ours have come to us yeah. because they've been searching for it. Like we're called Creative Rebels and a lot of our audience comes through people typing in creative into iTunes oh, really? or Spotify. Yeah, and finding us through that. Yeah, and I think they they relate to like specifically the rebels half is that 
I think people that listen to us have always felt that they're different mm. in some way and they felt like if they are in a job they're feeling like a little bit crushed by that system and they know that they're that they can do more and that there's more to their life than than just and I mean I know we've we've definitely spoken to um there's one person there's one person specifically coming to mind who um the girl who was doing the the medical degree um yes but there's we know that there's people who listen to us who are earning big money mm. but would be so much happier earning less money but doing what they enjoy yeah um and i think yeah that's that's so we had to find where those people were hanging out and i think the way that we did it that's kind of a, a sort of almost like a cheat hack kind of way is that we knew that by getting the guests on that we yeah. would have them sharing the podcast with their audiences would bring on and because it we may just get like 10 new listeners from each from each guest sharing it out it's probably more than that but like however many it is like the gradual momentum as the show goes along some people will find it organically because they're searching for some sort of podcast that's going to spark their creativity mm. others will find it because they hear a guest on there um and then the rest is down to us in in just terms of marketing so it's I doing see, events so many people find out about it is because because we provide genuine value to people and we yeah. genuinely help people they share it with other people and I think if you can do that, if you can provide so much value to someone that they're like, cause we say at the end of every show, like if you got any value from a show, please share it with someone yeah. else who might need it because there's a good chance that if you're in that situation, you know, someone else who's in exactly the same situation. Yeah. And a lot, we get a lot of people like share on their stories, like tag other people in it, like in our comments and stuff saying like, you need to listen to this, like this is for you. Mm. And we get a lot of people who come to us and, who've been put on by someone else and i think that's really valuable if you can create some if you can create such good value that people share it within themselves yeah. and create that actual full virality behind it totally and i think i think most people create content i heard gary v talking about this most people create content that's a press release for themselves yeah rather than delivering value to to the listener yeah. or the or the watcher or the follower yeah. um, and it's it's people follow for, for people follow accounts that they can get something out of. So if you're looking to build an audience, think what can you deliver to that audience uniquely that no, because no one else has your voice. Mm. No one else can um, get across your message in the same way that you can. Um, and I mean, I, I was kind of worried when we started our podcast because like we're both introverts and we're kind of laid back we don't have a, a Gary V style like, hey guys, right, what I want you to do is I want you to get out, I want you to crush it. <laughs> we don't have that, we're not like that. Yeah. And so I was really worried that people wouldn't, they wouldn't like it because we're not like rah-rah motivational people. But it turns out that's our unique voice. Yeah. Yeah. That's why people listen to us because yeah. they want like they want to hear how we put it to them. Yeah. Yeah. I, it I, sorry, I, I find the same is that I'm quite introverted and I'm not, you know, I'm quite softly spoken. I'm not in your face. Like, yeah, I mean, I can get like that when I'm really like, gassed up about something yeah. <laughs> which is you know rare but it happens but people come to the podcast because the fact that i actually do less talking and i let the person share their experience because the value isn't directly coming through me but it's coming through the conversation that i'm directing with the guest and their stories and their experience and then obviously where i do i chip in with my part and that's where the value comes from so i think it's like the value doesn't have to be so direct all the time and even yeah, with I like love that about your show actually is that that there is such an equal balance of that and it's yeah. something that i'm still working on but i think you nail it perfectly in 
getting the the most you can out of the guests, but then also like chipping in your because you'll you'll go on a lot longer tangent than I have the yeah. confidence to. Yeah, but it's but it's good and it's yeah. valid. Because you know really what, like it's, it. and I think I said this to you in one of the very first episodes that you put out. I said it felt very pacey. It was like bang, 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 bang. It was like 20 minutes had gone and you'd rattled through so much stuff. I was like, geez, like what's the, it was the one with Pippa, I think. I was yeah, like, geez, yeah. what's to come with like the next 40 minutes? Whereas like, I'm more happy to like, just talk about three topics over the t- space of an hour and just really just like ask why and dive yeah. a little bit deeper and just have that space to have those conversations. And I think both work. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. what you're more comfortable with. And I think that's where the value comes from. Like you said, it's your unique voice and it's yeah. how you, get that across within your and it again doesn't have to be podcast related stuff when it comes to value it's like the value could come through comedy or it could come through a product or it could come through you know writing or whatever it is yeah i think that unique voice is so important just for the fact that like everyone's on a journey and everyone's on a different point of that journey Mm. it's like when we first started there's also that kind of like nerves of like well who else is in our space like these people have got like multi-million pound companies Mm. dollar companies and these huge personalities have got like thousands of people working for them it's a real like different thing so like are people going to listen to us obviously like we've been pretty successful like we've got 15 staff we've got like four businesses and yeah it's things are going well but we're not them so like are people going to listen to us but that's been some of our best feedback and from people who are like thank god there's someone who i can actually relate Mm. to here like it's not some big like 50 year old american white guy who's just shouting at me Mm. it's like someone who's actually a bit more down to earth and like relatable yeah Yeah, which i think it it ties into a question that i got which seems to keep happening but um a question i got about scaling up and i think what i've always admired about the way you and this is just like becoming a love off between our podcast now which isn't (laughs) the intention but genuinely like what i love about the way you guys approach the podcast is you, I can tell, I don't know if you were so aware of it, but I can tell that you approached it with all of the business experience you've had over the last nine years. And you put that into how to, like you said, create a number one podcast. How do you launch a number one podcast? And you used all of that experience to push that forward. And I think in terms of, so the question that I got basically was about scaling up. It's like building on where we just were. And so you've now got your audience. You've now done the thing. You've now pressed, press go on the kickstarter you've now you know whatever it is made your first product your first bag whatever how do you scale up from there and like what i admire about you guys is how quickly you have scaled up in terms of like you said getting speaking gigs and doing like events at apple and all that sort of stuff because you can approach it with that experience of the business side of things so for you and again my view on this might be slightly different but for you guys like what what do you do or how do you look at things and go, all right, how can we've got this? How can we scale it now? Uh, we've always leveraged brands because brands have money. Um, and it's t- it would take a lot longer. Like, firstly, I wouldn't want to do it. But secondly, I wouldn't want the work involved in like asking every single listener for a pound. Hmm. I'd rather go and ask like a brand for 10 grand. Do you know what I mean? Because they're, that, there's nothing to them. They're happy to do it. Yeah. Um, so leveraging brands, I think, is big. Um, leveraging, we we kind of leverage the audience, um, leverage the audience of our, of other influencers. Yeah. Because uh, we're like, if we're talking specifically the podcast, like we we started with zero. Um, we knew we had to come in with a bang, so we just got big guests off yeah. the bat. 
just yeah and literally just going out asking lots of people and so like one thing that like we did a lot of where i'd go out and do like photo shoots for big influencers who had big audiences for free mm. and get to know them well get a friendship going there and then as soon as you make an ask of like would you come on our show they just say yes mm. because you've given them that value already so i think like our podcast yes it launched to number one and seems quite quick but we were preparing for that like eight months to a year before yeah. and like if if we'd have just if this was all we did just podcast like it would have been a shorter time period because we're obviously very busy doing other things so um oh if, if we if we just did the podcast we'd be dangerous like you'd we'd be on billboards like we'd yeah. like if we had time to dedicate just to doing the podcast and creating content fuck it'd be unbelievable i almost wish we did like <laughs> just to show like how much we could explode it um but sadly we've got other shit to do yeah but we i mean we are we are still stepping up we're going to be doing um this this will be a bonus episode we're going yeah. to do we're going to start putting out a little bit more content and yeah. see how that goes yeah i think that's i think that's it it's like if we had actually this is quite funny so we had this conversation the other day so we've just got a really big brand deal and it's how much is it like say say if it's like around 10 grand uh straight away we were looking at how we could spend that 10 grand to grow the show mm. and like that's just the way our minds work we don't take a big wage from our businesses we don't earn that much money personally because everything we ever get we're growing long term i think that's a really important thing of why we've lasted the length we have mm. and why like anything we have we'll invest straight back into it so like straight away we're like okay hey, we broke it down we're like okay well we could spend this on this this and this this and this this and this and there was nothing for us in that literally not a single penny we were taking out for something that we wanted everything was how can we grow this how can we help more people i think because we're so passionate about helping as many people as we can and that's why we started it to help people it's like that's what gets us excited that's what keeps pushing it it's like that's what keeps me every single week being up until one in the morning getting the show ready to go out the next day because it's like i'm passionate about it and like we just want to help as many people as possible mm. and I can't remember what the original question was. How to scale. Yeah, scaling How to up. scale. Yeah. But um, I think find something you're passionate about and just keep working at it. It's like there's a lot of talk about kind of a hustle mindset and how you need to work so many hours a day. And when you first start, you do. You need to go. It's like, I heard yeah, a great... There's all, the, all this backlash online about hustle porn and all that stuff. Yeah. But it, like you, you do need to work hard. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a really great analogy that I heard the other day that it's like driving a car it's like you start in first gear you put your foot down the engine goes and you go fucking mental you work really hard but if you drive like that forever you're just going to ruin your car yeah. like you need to get to a stage where you come into second come into third come into fourth chilled out like mm. slow down a bit but that out the gate needs to be a good amount of effort because you've got competition you've got people you've got to beat you've got a level you need to get up to it's like when we launched, we were like, okay, well, we need our graphics to look this good because this is what everyone else is doing. It's like, you need to start, but you, like, we say this quite a lot. It's like, like people say like, oh, well, you shouldn't be perfect. Like, you should just, just get going. But you still need to be good. You still need to mm. have a good product that people are going to like and people can look at and trust. It's like trust is the biggest thing with selling anything. And Yeah, if, I guess that, that kind of answers the question of like, how do you scale up? Like, it will naturally happen if you're good. 
just keep yeah. going like yeah just yeah, ke- yeah just keep going because because it's never been a, a case of us of like or like how do we how do we employ more staff how do we get a studio like it's just this is the next logical step because yeah. we've we're we're bringing in this many clients and we can afford to do this and yeah we've and, created a product that's got value so it's like if every person who listens to our podcast can tell one other person about it and that keeps happening that's how you scale you yeah, keep yeah. putting out quality content consistently for a long period of time and it will just yeah. like spread and i think keep building on it as well isn't it it's like i've always so I, like you guys i started just audio and then it was like right i got to a point where I was like right i want to start yeah. filming started filming making clips and then over time the clips have become more and more, they started off in like really crappy black and white because yeah. the both cameras didn't match and the quality wasn't great and now it's like we're shooting in like 4k like making really nice edited clips on igtv and it's like you just over time you just start to make that next step like you said and it's like knowing that if you're still moving in the right direction eventually the scaling will come and it might yeah. not be like zero to a hundred straight off the bat i mean you can make it happen as you guys have proved but it could also be very long term it's like you know i've always had this thing of like looking at the 30 day listenership of the podcast and using that as my general figure of like the overall growth and it's yeah. like you know it started off with like 1000 in the 30 days and then it'd be like 5000 then it's 8000 then i checked like a couple of weeks ago and it you know i'd hit 10000 in a month for the first time and it's like i hadn't done anything out of the ordinary anything special it's just you keep going and you keep putting out good content and they like said it's the trust people come back to it they recommend it to a friend they then recommend it to another friend and it's yeah. like it scales itself I, I think you do get to a point where you have to go right how what can i do now yeah. physically to but like i think as well, as well like more you do something the better you get it and the quicker you get yeah and then like so like setting up this today it's like how many times have you set this up now and i bet it's so quick now to get set up compared to what it was like the first yeah. time and it's like editing and so it's like if previously it would have taken so many days to get something edited and then now you can do that in a few hours Mm. and then now we can get someone like anton to help us out and do that for us and suddenly there's more time there now i think like scaling is basically making your time more efficient and working out well what am i doing what's taking up most of my time can someone else do this if they can, if they physically can do it, it's like someone, I can't get someone else to come and sit and record for us because I'd have to physically be here to do that. Mm. But what I can do is I can get someone else to edit. I can get someone else to help with visuals. I can get, there's lots of things that we're still doing ourselves, but in the future we'll be able to get other people to do yeah. those because I don't need to be doing that. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a, that is a good way of looking at scaling is the time, yeah. the amount of time you put into stuff and using it more effectively because that's what I've done yeah I've always done it with like I've got Andrew who edits the audio for me yeah obviously like we've mentioned Anton like there's you know and it just saves the time of doing it you know that edit, you know, as you guys know well Adam knows editing the audio it's an hour long interview that takes two to three hours because yeah. you have to go back you listen you chop something out you go back you listen You same with video and it's like but the more you do it the quicker you get it but exactly. if you can get and someone else to do that you save those two three hours to then, then focus on something else and the thing is yeah once you've got those two or three hours back you're like well this is free time now what can i do with mm-hmm. this time and that's when you start looking at new things to do growing and that's like that's how you grow mm. so we had um zach and jay on the podcast and um, they're two youtubers and when we interviewed them in january they had thirty thousand followers mm. and they've now got three hundred thirty thousand followers Jeez. Um, subscribers on YouTube Um, but they they said to us at the time they were like we can't be bothered to do this the normal way we're just going to hack it 
and basically they just come up with as many different like st stunts basically yeah. that they can that will pull in maximum attention yeah. um, and there are ways to just to just really like jump something if you if you have the right idea and the right execution um, and that like those guys are a really good example of that of just like pulling off something really audacious mm. that will get so many eyeballs on you and and yeah that's what they're doing yeah there's, yeah i mean scaling there's so many ways but i think a lot of it is keep going isn't it yeah that is the that is the actual hack is keep going then don't overstress about it because yeah. i think that's what we t tend to do is we stress about i'm not growing quick enough but it's like quick enough for who yeah, you know? yeah. um and it's having that patience of realizing that it will come if you keep going yeah. and as soon as you get to a stage when you try and force it that's when things start to get a bit shit because you yeah. get a bit desperate and it stops becoming fun so yeah just changing gears slightly up a gear or down a gear no, gonna, well sideways oh, Again, okay. like off to the right and reverse no, um, <laughs> Um, one of the things I always get asked about is books because I'm always posting on my stories like the book I'm reading or the books I've just bought or asking people for book recommendations. So the probably the biggest question I get asked is like, what books would you recommend someone for like, for me, I get like personal growth, but like just what, what yeah. books have you read that have kind of well, changed? Well, so firstly, your... I, I, would, I would recommend books <laughs> in general um, because they are so fucking valuable. Like mm. um, I think, like we've spoken about this before about like investing in yourself and i think books are like the cheapest way to invest mm. in yourself um i think we spent did we spend a grand last year on audible yeah like we spent a shit ton of money on audible. So, and it's like it's such a good way to learn um because i think i've learned more from audible than i ever did at school because i can pick what lessons i take mm. i can i can go through and be like i want to learn about that so i yeah. can read about it um so uh emma gannon's book was a big one for me i think i think that's um that like the advice in there i think i loved it because i just know how much our audience would get from it more yeah. than what i got from it because um because we're, we're sort of more like quite established but um emma gannon's book's great the multi-hyphen method. method so that's a good book um growth mindset um yeah. by carol dweck is the most important book on the planet um, you will recognize so much stuff of that happened in your in your childhood and and realize sort of yeah that you've been in the matrix for all your life mm. like that's such a, a transformative book most important book in the human in the english language i i believe um what else have i loved what have you what do you love you love will store will store oh my god <laughs> will store his books are all amazing they're all so amazing science of storytelling is great but my favorite book which is most recent one but my favorite book of his is selfie mm. that book is just incredible like it's such a trip into the human mind and how we process and how we tell stories and how stories make up our entire lives and how weird human little monkeys are we're just we're just such weird creatures mm -hmm. and i i think uh, I mean, we had him on the podcast and it assume like, because what we tend to do is we look at a guest and as we're in this kind of building stage, we look at how many followers they've got because the cold, hard truth of it is if they've got a large following, that could help our show grow. Um, so what we want to do is build it to a stage where we can get someone who's got 500 followers if they if we think they're going to like provide value to our audience but that's once we've got a massive audience mm. for now we're kind of looking at but when it came to will he's only got i think eight thousand twitter followers and that's it and that like that's a lot of people it's still a, that's a good number but 
it's not like three million like Brand of Wife or who we had. Like it's it's a much smaller number. But as soon as I read Selfie, I was like, we've got to get this guy hmm. on because we've got to get him before he does Rogan and just becomes absolutely huge because he has the absolute potential to be like the, one of the biggest authors on the planet because what he writes is just fucking gold. Yeah. I, can't, I can't say enough about Will Starr. Um, in fact, his episode blew Adam's mind so much that you had to go home for a lie down. It did, you? yeah. It, it came out of that. Episode. I think we finished recording about 3 p.m. And I came out and I was just like, fuck. Like, because yeah. my, so on to like one of my favorite books is um, Seth Godin's This Is Marketing, yeah. which like I love Seth Godin. All of his books are great. This Is Marketing is his most recent one that kind of like summarizes everything else that he's done so far. And that is so much about kind of psychology and why people do things like in terms of like having tribes, like groups of people and people want to be a part of something. It's like the reason you're wearing Converse shoes now says something about who you are and how you kind of, how you want to portray yourself to the world and what group you count yourself in Mm. and having that kind of group mentality of like why we do it. And that's, and how like psychological that is in terms of being a caveman and needing to be part of a group and, all that kind of thing. So off the back of Will Storr's episode, which is completely so similar, but way more about the kind of evolutionary human nature side of things, that that combined with Seth Godin's This Is Marketing, just like, it was like a key unlocked in my mind. (laughs) It was like, whoa, okay, we've got these two things here, this amazing marketing book and this pure human psychology that are both pretty similar and like, like Will Storr didn't know who Seth Godin was. No. And I wow. said, I was like, this is crazy because what you're both talking about is so, so similar, but just in two completely different worlds. Like one's marketing and one's just kind of like general human psychology. And it was just like, I left that just like, fuck. I, Cause I'd connected those two dots mm. and I was like, well, this is amazing. It's so interesting. And that's just changed the way I think about brands completely now. And then my other favorite book, is Start With Why by Simon Sinek, which I think if anyone's starting anything, you have to read that first. Mm, it's yeah. like, this is why, it's why we started our podcast in terms of like, we found our why and we did it because of a why. And I think that's why it's been so successful. Yeah. We didn't do it because we wanted to make money from it. We did it because we had that need to help people. And that strong why and that belief and that purpose is what's led us through everything else and I think I'm really into kind of like brand and the kind of building a brand and building like something that people care about and yeah those two books for me are just like a great way to get started and anyone who's getting started I always recommend those two books first Mm. if you're starting a business or want to do any branding or anything yeah and I think I'd throw in in the mix um tools of titans Tim Ferriss on that is just like page turner you can open the book on any page yeah. and there is just the gem from someone because it's yeah. like all of the best interviews all of the best parts of the best interviews sorry from his podcast which yeah. is like the number well one of the number one podcasts which you and you actually gifted me that it book is, so yeah, thank you right. very much have you read it yet no not yet okay you're you're in for a treat um it's an unbelievable book and it's like it's the book that i've read that i think i've taken the most direct knowledge from because it's kind of it's broken into three sections it's healthy wealthy and wise yeah so there's like a whole section on health and like just mad stuff like you know like Wim Hof the Iceman and stuff yeah. like that there's uh, a wealthy one says so like big business people but just generally people like Arnold Schwarzenegger as well like talking and, like, and then there's like wise and there's just like just gems of like life and it's just so well put together and it's just like 
it's just incredible and it's just so the, the information is so direct it's like each chapter is probably like five pages if that and yeah. it's like the best bits of the interview and you're just like wow i think that's the amazing thing about ferris as a human being is the way that he he gets to the there's no fluff it's like yeah. he's like how do i get the maximum amount of value from this with the minimal amount of effort as yeah. well he just distills everything down it's really really clever yeah. the way he does that so yeah. i've just picked up well, I've, I've had it for a year but i've literally picked up to read it today tribe of mentors which yeah. is the follow-up so version of it that. Um, again it's great because so that you can open it on any page again and it's a different person and it's just he's basically he just basically hacks everything and he's mm. broke his everything down to seven questions That's i think it. seven or 12 uh, questions that he sends to every single guest and says answer as many or as little as these as, these as you want um if you could do three i'd really appreciate that mm. and it's so interesting going through like we like debbie millman who we had in our show is one of the first people in oh, that really? and there was a quote that she said in there that it's just like it's just inc incredible and when mm. we interviewed her she said it on the show and i was just like oh this is amazing yeah it, and then what was the quote as busy as a decision busy as a decision yeah yes yeah, yeah, so good yeah. yeah another book i'd friend if you liked will's store and i haven't read his books but i listened to that episode and knowing the stuff that he talks about which is very much in the lane of stuff that i love i could sit and talk to him for five hours i reckon did um Easily. did he get back to you sorry you'll have to edit this you edit. no he didn't i'm gonna but i've just i'm gonna chase him yeah um yeah if you love that kind of conversation you need to check out jiddu krishnamurti's stuff yeah like his stuff is like so everything that will talks about has not directly but jiddu talks about it and has been talking about it for or was talking about it for like 50 to 70 years before he died and it's just like but on a really like stripped back level and it's like it just makes you realize so much about life you didn't even know that you needed to know yeah. in like a really spiritual like non-attachment to anything just live your life kind of way it's unbelievable what are the names of so books? there's loads but the two that i'd recommend are, i've read them both one is freedom to the freedom from the known which is a really thin small book and a lot of the books that of his stuff is made up from his talks and like transcripts of his talks and you know, stuff like that. But this yeah. book, he, I think he actually worked with the author on it. So it's probably one of the best examples out there of his work. And the other one is The the Awakening of Intelligence, which is literally transcripts of, and he talked, because he speaks in like broken English. Some of the chapters are quite, it t takes a while to understand the way he talks through reading it, if yeah. that makes sense. But once you get it, you're like, oh my God, like this is unbelievable. So those two, I would chuck straight in. And they're a lot more in my kind of spiritual lane as well, so. But yeah, we got a final question. To we have yeah, the, the, the final question is from our friend on uh, on Instagram who always uh, interacts with our stuff, which is lovely. Which is um, Doric Skateboards, um, and he talks about how to deal with haters. Just ignore them, straight up ignore cool. them. I think that, that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a wrap, folks. Yeah, no, no, it's genuinely. I think it's like you can take it to heart, and I think you can let it sit with you. But ultimately, it's one voice out of potentially loads more who are being positive and mm -hmm. i think it's a lot easier to hear that negative in in and amongst the positive and we've, we've all done it we've all been there and you know you could have a thousand comments on on a post that's like love this love this but that one person who says you're a bit of a dick that will sit and play with you so it's like why do we allow ourselves to attach to the negative is because we love to put ourselves down because we love to put ourselves in an uncomfortable situation of like you know fight or flight and that puts us in that fight or flight mode so it's like 
strip it back and be like, actually, that person's comment doesn't really matter because A, it's their opinion and B, I'm not really going to be bothered about that in five years' time, yeah. as you said earlier, or f- even five weeks' time, five days' time. So yeah. just ignore them. Like, I think it's the best advice you can give yeah. to someone. It definitely is hard. Unless to they're persistent, then report them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's harassment. Yeah. Um, I think it definitely is hard to block out. I think that's probably a lot to do with the fact that people don't really say negative to people neg- people don't really say negative things to people often mm. so it's like if you say like hey how's it going how's your day people are generally pretty nice if you post something online people generally only put positive stuff if whether they think it or not that's just how a response so mm. you kind of you it becomes you become a bit numb to niceness and i think you probably just see it all the time like oh cool like especially like if some if i if i post a picture i'll kind of go down and like even if I get like say 80 comments on something that's like a hell of a lot and I'll go down but it doesn't really give me that much of a endorphin rush mm. because it happens so often mm. and I think it's as soon as someone puts a negative thing that's in like oh I'm not used to that and it mm. kind of shocks you I think it's probably like that bit of shock as well that makes it feel like it's so much worse yeah but yeah but then realizing that it doesn't really matter and sometimes like things can be constructive like if it's negative be like well what can i take from this which is positive yeah and some people don't some people aren't very good at articulating themselves properly and i've noticed that sometimes i'll read something that like because sometimes you like you'll see an argument going on and then when you when you read like the further explanations it's just like the original poster is just articulated in a really bad way and what they were saying was actually not that negative and then when the two of them have kind of hashed it out they're really like, oh no, oh sorry, no, I didn't mean it like that. I was yeah. just kind of saying this. Because mm. that's the thing, it's like online, if it is just a written piece of text, it's like the amount of times that you've texted someone and they've taken it wrong because the emotion's lost in it. Because it is just words. You can't tell if someone's saying that in like a jokey way or if they're saying it in a mean way or, yeah. or anything. Mm. And I mean, so most of the comments you're going to get are going to be positive. Um, some people are just dicks. <laughs> Um, there's nothing you can do about that but if you get the same criticism that reoccurs over and over again then maybe there's something that you should look at there Um, but yeah you've just got to not let it bother you and that's really easy to say and really hard to do do you know what's a tip for that and I know I said ignore them but genuinely this is a really helpful tip that I found when so I I had quite a few videos posted on the good quote and they've got like 16 million Instagram followers so you get quite a lot of comments um, a lot of them were very lovely and then they'd be like the odd shit one and the best way that I could deal with that was just reply with positivity yeah. just be like thank you hope you have a great day smiley face yeah. sunglasses emoji yeah. done and then by doing that you almost negate the feeling of like the negativity that you've had because you've just responded with a positive thing yeah. and you've kind of straight away parked that aside as like oh it's cool I dealt with it Yes, you've addressed it rather than just let it stew. Yeah, because the, like, the instinct is to go with aggression, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like, what, like, we no, talk about me. Well, you <laughs> don't understand. No, that like you've yeah. got a completely the wrong end of the stick. That wasn't what I was trying to say, and yeah. you want to defend yourself. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, the best thing to do is is realize that for someone to spend time online leaving negative comments to people, it's like there's a lot more going on for them in their yeah. lives than you you probably ever know, um, and it's just they're not worth your time. Just, mm. just you've just got to move on, and I think I think the poster like that asked this probably knew what we were going to say. You probably knew we were going to say you've just yeah. got to ignore it. Just like the block it, button yeah. is beautiful. You never have to worry about them again. Block, move on. 
block, yeah. move on. It's so, like, oh, oh, it's refreshing. It's just block and move on. It's lovely. Just yeah. do that. Be happy. Yeah, I think that's what's nice about the block function and the mute function on Instagram is it's like you can just completely curate your life. Like you don't need to have these shit things happening all the time. You can just remove it. Yeah. Mm. Surround yourself by people who are loving and nice and exactly. just live a happy life. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Fantastic. Boom. Well, this was fun. We should, uh, we'll do this again, I think. Yeah. I think we will. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. We'll come with more questions. Yeah. So if, so, it, and if yeah. anyone is listening and does want to ask more questions, then obviously you can find us all online. We'll go from David round. How can they find us? Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Rebels Create. Um, I'm on Twitter at David Speed UK. I'm on Instagram at Adam Brazier, B R A Z I E R. Great photography on his page, by the way. Um, and I am I am Alex Manzi on everything, basically. So mainly Instagram is where I hang out, though. So that's probably the best place. Yeah. So you can download uh, Alex's podcast, The Dreamer's Disease, on any good podcast platform. And likewise with Creative Rebels, you can access that on any podcasting platform you wish. Oh, there we go. That was beautiful. <laughs> good collaboration, there, guys. Well done. Thanks, Cheers, mate. guys. So there we have it guys that was an amazing amazing episode we all loved it like genuinely loved it and we were thinking about trying to make it a more regular thing so if you did enjoy it let us know be sure to let us know because if it's something that you guys want to hear more of we'll definitely make it a regular thing because we just feel like there were so many nuggets and so many gems and just good information from each of us i was learning from them they were taking things from me it's just so good to, to, to have that kind of vibe, you know. So if you did enjoy this and you feel like there's someone you know who can take something from it, make sure you share this episode with them. Send them the link, send them the screenshot, whatever it is. Make sure you send them that message to get them to listen to this episode. And if you loved what you were hearing, as I said at the beginning, take a screenshot of yourself listening to it. Post it to your Instagram story. Tag me at I am Alex Manzi. Tag at Rebels Create. And we will both connect with you there. But until next time, I will see you then. Make sure you go out there and chase your dreams. This podcast is produced by Unedited.